welcome friends. I cannot believe I'm going to be publishing my first ever recording in two hours. It will be released to the world. I want it said that I am in no way an expert on anything. I value deep, meaningful conversations with others. I love to learn and am curious about our minds and our hearts. I wanted to be able to sit down with others and hear their stories, talk about the things people are passionate about in life, and just talk about anything and everything. I want to give love, curiosity, self-compassion, vulnerability, and empathy here. I think it's really important to give space for others' feelings and opinions, whether we agree or disagree with them. There is some level of empathy and connection we can have with a person. After all, we are made for connection. So this is a sacred space for me and hopefully for others to come be free of judgment and to just show us a small piece of you. So thank you to all who come and sit with me in this space. And thank you to everyone who comes and listens. I appreciate you all. Welcome to Judgment Free Zone. Yay! Yeah, okay. So exciting. <laughs> ah, all right. Let's dive in. So I'm here. I've recorded before, but this one is special. We are going to actually record right now and release it in two hours. So I have Rebecca Bird here. And Rebecca and her husband Daniel launched an anti-bullying and nonprofit in 2001. They co-wrote Speak Life and Bullying the Musical, a contemporary musical featured in secondary schools across the country, impacting 375,000 students. Ugh, that's amazing. In 2021, they turned their live production into an on-demand film, and this month they are launching the movement of moms to become mom ambassadors, which Rebecca is going to give us all the details on this shortly. I am just so grateful to sit down and talk with you. We've been talking on and off now for a couple of weeks and it's like, yeah. I know you, I see your face. We're sitting here <laughs> together. So welcome. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Abigail. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be part of your very first podcast. Like, uh, thank you so much for choosing us. Thank you for choosing this platform and this cause to speak out on in this incredible launch that you're starting with your podcast. I know that the conversations you're gonna have here are gonna be life-changing for people mm. across the country. So thank you for your courage. I just told you right before we started that this is a big dream for me too. I would love to do this one day. So you're totally inspiring me. And I think you should just go for it. Just <laughs> once you get that assistant you said, you just run for it. It's gonna be amazing. Cause what you're doing is like speaking life truly into people. And I'm so excited to be able to share this now. Literally, I've said this on my podcast, we need empathy now more than ever. But what you're doing, we need now more than ever, truly. So I'm so excited for people to hear what you have going on. So I have so many things for us to talk about. <laughs> but I ask my guests one thing, and I want to hear what is the gift of you and I want to to just start with that, and then you can go into telling us about yourself and what you do. Yes, what a great question. Um, I think it's so good for us to ask ourselves those kind of questions because we can tend to be so hard on ourselves mm -hmm. and look at all the things that are not maybe going the way we want them to go or the things we love to be doing in the world. But the truth is, we're all making a significant difference in our spheres of influence. Um, in so many different ways. And I think for me, I think I would say the gift of me has always been kind of encompassed in the word hope. Um, mm -hmm. For me, I know that my story and my journey uh, through chronic illness, I'm a 30 year chronic illness survivor. And mm -hmm. my journey through that 
My goal in sharing my story has always been to provide access to hope for the people that are knee deep in the struggle who feel like, how do I just get through tomorrow? Or how do I sometimes just get through the next hour? Yeah. And knowing that hope is always available to us. Hope is something that we can always access even in our deepest and darkest moments. And it's sometimes just those small fragments of hope that help us just to move to the very next step because we need to stay in our headlights. Like we don't need to know everything that's coming down the road, but if we stay in our headlights and we just look at what's in front of us and we tackle that, we can always get to the next step. And I was given um, a diagnosis that was not one that was going to be very successful in recovery. And I had to find something within myself that said that regardless of what other people said to me, there was always hope and there was always Mm -hmm. the ability to go further and to do more. And so I used to be fully wheelchair bound, fully bed bound. And now I sit Mm -hmm. here as a full-time working mom doing the work that I love the most in the world. And that is because I simply never lost hope. And so I think my greatest message and gift that I could give to the world is to say, never lose that hope that lives and is absolutely alive within yourself and surround yourself with a community of people that will always ignite that in you and remind you of it because people reminded me every day that I could. Mm. And I did. Uh, You're already making me emotional. (laughs) Girl, that is so much hope. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. It has been a journey. And that journey for me, I think like that little carrot that sort of hung on the end of the, of the string in front of me that kept me sort of chasing forward was this work that we do in the schools because I had done it, you know, when I was really early sick in my life and been able to be successful being a mom and, you know, doing my job and navigating my illness. Mm-hmm. Um, but when my illness got so severe, we had to actually fully pull back and fully stop for seasons of time. And during those seasons, the, the knowledge that kids were suffering so much because of bullying and because of mental health issues and all of the things they were dealing with, that was something that sat in front of me that ignited in me that fire to say, never give up and keep going and keep trying. And I'm so thankful for that. And I think we all need that. And one of my most spectacular doctors said that to me one day. He said, Rebecca, never quit what you do. Because Mm -hmm. he said, people who live for purpose will always get through whatever's Mm -hmm. in front of them. They will always find their way. And so that's what I would say. Like, find that purpose inside of you and fight for it every Mm -hmm. single day. It's beautiful. No, thank you so much. And just to hear that and like, you know, it just brought back memories for me of moments, you know, that you just, you really do. You have to have that purpose in life. When I went through my divorce, like it felt, you know, it's just depleting and devastating. And you just have to have, just like you said, like mine was my kids, like every day, just waking up knowing that I have to do what I need to do for my kids. And I just think that that's so beautiful how you were in this place of chronic illness and having to fight for yourself every day and how much you wanted to give to others. It's just so beautiful. So thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. It's, it's a privilege. So tell me more about Speak Life the Musical. I know in some of our conversations, you had said that you started this after the Columbine shooting. Yes. So this all began um, just about I think it was a year to two years after the world had been so significantly impacted by that one event. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the first school shooting that had ever taken place in our world, but it was such a significant moment in America. It was something that we all saw. 
I think in a way that we had never seen it before. The images yeah. of Columbine, the images of that day, I think live in all of our minds and hearts for those yeah. of us who saw them on TV and walked through that season of time. Um, and so beyond that, we had already been working with, with young people, doing all sorts of different things, kind of tackling all sorts of topics that kind of came to uh, mental health and really helping kids find their value and their purpose in life. And this particular day we had attended kind of just a meeting of many other people within our community that were doing similar things as us. And this gentleman that was running the meeting, he was always great at asking the right questions and telling the right stories. And so this particular day he introduced us to the story of a gentleman named Frank Peretti. And he's an author, he's a really well-known um, well author who, who mostly writes words of fiction. But this was his only work of nonfiction. It was the story of his elementary, middle school years and horrific bullying that he experienced because he had some deformities that were very obvious on his body and an oversized tongue and um, mm -hmm. like a hump on his back and kids just ridiculed him. He was ripped apart throughout his elementary and middle school years. And so when he wrote this book, I think for the first time what I was hearing through this audio clip that we heard that day was somebody who was calling out bullying in a way that I had never heard it spoken about before. Up until that point, we all kind of sort of knew bullying as almost like a rite of passage. You know what? Kids got to go through it. It's just something that comes with school. It's nothing that's ever going to change. I went through it. You'll be fine. Just be stronger. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. that was, I think, the replicated message, at least when we were growing up. It's what we were told. It's what we understood was just mm -hmm. be stronger. And um, that day when he told his story, instead of saying that, he said, this is abuse. Let's call it what it is. And yeah. let's think about why this is taking place and let's begin to solve those problems for kids and let's begin to stand between that abuse and our children and say, this will not happen anymore, not on my watch. And so we were so impassioned. I don't think there was a dry eye in the circle that day. Mm -hmm. And so we got it from the table and went straight for the guy that ran the meeting. And we said, oh my goodness, we can't just walk out. Like we have to do something. And he looked at us and he said, well, you are the artist, go do something about it. Mm -hmm. And literally we walked out of that meeting, we walked back with a small staff, volunteers that we worked with, and we, we wrote the first rendition of Speak Life Unbullying the Musical. And so that was in 2001, and so we toured with that, and just to anybody who would watch it, I mean, we would, you know, be in situations where there were adults and kids and, you know, all sorts of things. And what we found was that the message was resonating. It was resonating yeah. so deeply and it didn't matter the age group, like from you know a fourth grader all the way up to a person in their seventies, they would come up to us after and tears rolling down their face saying, I remember the name, the place, the moment mm -hmm. that this happened to me and here's how it affected the long term of my life, not just that very moment. Yeah. And so we began to discover that there was something here. It was something that did resonate across age group and across all, all realms of people. And um, the gentleman who had originally inspired us came to one of our events, saw it and said, you have got to get this in schools. And we just said, oh, oh gosh, we're this tiny little performing arts company. How are we gonna do this? We had no idea what to do. And so, you know, you just do it. You start knocking on doors and that's what we did. We were on Long Island at the time. We started knocking on all those doors, telling them about what we did and sure enough, one school after another school after another school opened their doors mm -hmm. to us and we came in and we went from just a little production company on Long Island to touring the program to over 30 different states and impacting about 375,000 students yeah. over the wow. course of a 15 year period. And what we heard time and time again at every single show was 
oh my goodness, can you come to our middle school? Can you come to our this? Can you come to this? And we were like a full-fledged touring company. I mean, you're talking the box truck and the bus and the equipment and 40 casting crew. And I mean, it was a full-blown Broadway wow. production to put this thing on the road. So to get to the amount of schools that were now requesting us, we were being featured at the Indiana State Conference for Bullying and Violence Prevention that led to the national and then international conference for bullying and violence prevention. And so we knew that we were striking a chord and we brainstormed, I would say, all 15 of those years going, how do we scale this? How do we bring this to a place where any school can have access? Um, and it doesn't require us, you know, packing up that box truck and, and moving across the country to get to them. And, um, and then COVID hit and, uh, in 2020. Um, and I tell you what, you know what, sometimes it takes these moments in our life that are the most disruptive to get us to think differently and get us right. to see something differently. And so when COVID happened and we started to see everybody move digital, um, we started to see all of these theater productions in schools having to go digital in order for parents to see their kids perform. Um, around that same time, Hamilton came, was released on Disney Plus because yeah. it was supposed to come to theaters and that got destroyed by 2020. And so yeah. we started to see that through Disney Plus, this genre of kids that we were impacting in our middle schools and high schools were loving what they were seeing in a Broadway show filmed in that way. So it started to you know, get us asking those questions. Could we do this? Could this come to film? Could it be just as impactful on film as it was in person? And so thanks to the Justin Simmons Foundation, Justin and Taryn Simmons are an incredible couple. They are, um, Justin is um, the safety for the Denver Broncos. He's an incredible man. He actually grew up in our town uh, graduated from the same high school as my son just graduated from two days ago. I know. Um, and Congratulations just, again. Yeah, an incredible man and loves, loves, loves seeing at-risk kids get the tools that they need to move beyond where they yeah. are in their mental health or whatever they're struggling with. And so he just latched onto the program. He said, let's bring it to film. And him and his wife funded through their foundation, the making of the oh. film. And so we are, we've, we're ready. We're ready for release. We're ready to get this film and this program to schools across the country. I mean, literally we went from 370-ish schools over 20 years to the possibility that 370 schools could be impacted in the very same day. Uh, so we are. Yeah. It's exciting. It's unbelievable. I can't wait myself to watch it and be able to help. So, and so many people listening, I know you've been on some other podcasts too. I listen to one and it's just going to go, it's going to bust out. It's ready. It's ready to bust out of the box. Well, we are, we're thrilled. And we know that something like this takes, um, it's going to take a village, just like anything else in our world. When we want to see significant impact and significant change, we all need to get involved. And I know we're all, especially as moms feeling it, especially mm -hmm. right now after yeah. what just took place right um, these precious precious kids and this loss that we were all experiencing in a profound way yeah. um it is igniting that reigniting that thing in my soul the same way we felt after those images of columbine that we saw right. those many many years ago to say that we have got to tackle this not just inside our schools but we need to see this as a cultural issue that if we do not come together and we don't come and bring the tools to our students, these mental health tools to help them deal with the issues that we're dealing with. And we, we're starting to see now some information come out on the shooter 
and what was going on behind the scenes in his life leading up to this horrific moment. And what we're learning is that he had a speech impediment and he was horrifically bullied throughout his life because of that. He had, unfortunately, a drug addict mom and some other situations that were going at home. And we saw a child slip through the cracks. We saw somebody with their mental health slip through the cracks, both on an educational way inside his home, inside his community. And then of course, whatever led him to go purchase those guns that day, that was another slip through the cracks that that was allowed to happen. And so we saw all of those things sort of fall apart. And I think it has just been so heartbreaking for us to see that. And I think as moms, most especially, we are, we are holding our kids closer and we are asking how, how do we impact? How do we make a change? And I know for us, um, we were asking these questions as we saw the film come together and we saw all this, all these resources available. We were saying, how will these schools know? How will they know that this tool is available to them? And the more we thought that through, the more we realized that moms are, are, are 100% the way. They are the way to bring this program to our schools because moms have the way to get into that school and have that important conversation, whether it's with the mental health professional in that school, the principal, Um, a vice principal, a dean, whoever it might be that's in charge of bringing in programs like this, we know moms have the voice, a voice that we don't have, a power that we don't have to be able to go in and bring something like this to their schools and say, hey, I am not here just to express my concern, but I am here to offer a solution. And as moms, we have the power to not just express a concern, but a power to say, I want to bring a tool to you, to the faculty, because our administration is worn out, our teachers are hurting, Our administrators are hurting because they're trying desperately to make these sorts of changes within the schools and educate our kids properly at the same time. And it is, and it's an extremely hard environment for them. And as parents, I believe we can offer a support. We can offer a solution to them that can make a significant change through this program. Yes, no, I absolutely agree. And I know, you know, yesterday when we were chatting, you know, we talked about that we wanted to acknowledge the shooting that happened in Texas the other day. And again, it just like constantly every time, like once I just like want to break down in tears um, because I do, I think that there's a huge correlation to what you're saying and bringing in what you're doing to schools and how parents have this opportunity to give it to the schools, give it to the children. And also just tying in, I know we wanted to tie in a little bit about that. It also involves us like as parents, like, yes, we're giving this to the students. And yes, I know that you've shared some, oh my gosh, statistics. Um, (laughs) I know, (laughs) Jesus, tongue twister. And I want to hear some of those. I know you said, you know, that there was some statistics that really change that experience in the schools. And I think that, you know, with mental health, no, watching my own journey too, like it is hard work. And it is so necessary. Like what we can't just expect also to go in like, yes, there's tons of change with what you're doing, but also if we want to have that cultural change, we have to not just expect our kids to do it. They, yes, they are responsible for themselves as well, but we are also responsible for ourselves. You know, I've had joy and peace in my life in moments, but it wasn't till I really started to go like, whoa, that shit back there is gross. Like I need to work on it. And I can see it literally coming out in my kids' lives too. I'm seeing this pattern and I get to choose whether I'm going to break it or not. Yes. It's so important. And I think, you know, what I'm, 
what we're learning as we're beginning to think about how do we change culture? How do we actually affect cultural shift? There are three pillars in a child's life. Their school, because they're there so many hours a day, their home life, and their community or their church or their faith-based place that they might attend weekly or you know, teams, sports teams, all of those things that, that they're involved in on a weekly basis. These are the pillars in our kids' lives. So if we're just addressing it in one area, but we're not in another, we are missing a significant area in our child's life that needs, they need to have those, these principles represented to them. They need to have these values imparted to them or they're not gonna be able to make that significant change in their own life. And so we know this program will make significant impact in schools. And it's one of the places where we know we can not just impact our own child, but we can actually impact their peers. And yeah. we know that what their peer, what their peers are doing and how their peers are responding affects our own child, sometimes just as much as the choices that they're making themselves. Right. And so it's important that we're doing that, but it's just as important that we're bringing that into our home life Mm -hmm. And I can just say from, you know, I have dealt uh, with this um, physical um, disease for my entire life, pretty much since I was 13 years old. It has caused a great deal of mental and emotional health mm -hmm. issues for me as well mm -hmm. as most, you know, there's really not much that happens physically in our body that isn't also intricately connected to our emotions and our mental Absolutely. health. Um, and so I, what I learned very quickly is that nobody was coming to save me. I could not count on doctors to fix me or my husband to fix me or, you know, my girlfriends to fix me. Those, even my church or my other community places I might be going to fix me. If I wanted to find healing, I had to seek that out and then I had to do the hard work. Yeah. And that was daily work. And it's daily work I still do. And people always say, oh, Becky, you look so good and you're so healed and it must be wonderful. It is wonderful, <laughs> but it's daily discipline. Yeah. It didn't happen to me on accident. I'm not yeah. sitting here today alive and well on accident. I'm sitting here today alive and well because I did the work. Absolutely. And I promise you that if you will do the work, you have a so much better chance of not seeing patterns or pain that's in mm -hmm. your life repeated over to your children. And one Absolutely. of the driving forces for my healing was knowing that I probably passed my disease in utero to all three of my children before I even knew what it was. And yeah. so I knew there was a chance that down the road they would experience all the same pain that I was experiencing. So if I didn't fight for a solution, if I didn't fight for tools and healing mechanisms, they would find themselves in the exact same pain that I was in. And yeah. that was not okay with me. That was less okay with me than my own pain. So yeah. if it's easier to fight for your kids than it is for yourself, use that as your challenge because your kids will see your courage. Your kids will mm -hmm. see your fight. Your it's okay. None of us are perfect. My kids see me falter every day, all day. I make mistakes all the time. A simple I'm sorry goes a hugely long way when I make those trip ups. They know mom's trying. They know mom is fighting for those for that healing in her own life and it inspires them and it gives them the courage to fight for that in their lives. And when we do that, then we make wiser decisions about hmm, what school should they be in? What community programs should they be in? Where are healthy environments for my kids to grow and be nurtured and to find the places so that this speak life is not just a culture in the home, it's a culture in their school. It's a culture in their community program. And now those three pillars in that child's life are strengthened and strong. And we know we're making solid, amazing human beings who are yeah. going to effectively change their world. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I say to my kids, you know, all the time that hurt people hurt people, yes. you know, if we're not addressing 
the the wrongs that are coming at us or the sadness coming at us or anger i i say it to my kids that it comes out sideways you know that's what we say in our house is like you know what's going on like it looks like something's coming out sideways like sometimes we don't recognize when we're getting you know things thrown at us because as kids you know they're just perceiving everything that's coming at them in their own stories and you know i think that it's just when we go into that space at school too for kids and we have no idea what their home life is you know and i think a great example is you know when um Brene brown have you watched the or listen to the power of vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. I, stuff. Oh gosh. I love Brene Brown. I've like yeah. pretty much have brought her up in like every single one of my podcasts, yes. She's my hero, yes. <laughs> but her I think materials are, are very intertwined into the work oh. that we've done because what her work on vulnerability is. Whew, yeah. So and she, you know, she talks about how, you know, her kid, if her, for an example, if her kid comes home and said that I sat alone at lunch today and there's, you know, two options that she could be like, well, I told you not to wear that. You know what I mean? Like what's coming up for her to hurt her? You know what I mean? And then that again, perpetuates and goes into the school, right? Like, and then who knows what's happening because hurt people hurt people and that opportunity for the bullying. And then, but there's also the opportunity of being like, wow, like, I'm really sorry to hear that, honey. Like, let's talk about it. Like, how can I show up for you? Yes acknowledging acknowledging our kids pain giving them the tools to know how to deal with that and transition that and to not act from our own areas of shame right um, but to to go through the process of unearthing what does that look like for me how do i work through that and then how do i then transfer those tools to my kids so that they can have that as well because there's no more power there's no more power that exists than inside our home life i think right. I, I strongly believe in that it's one of the reasons why even when our program is released to our schools and once the film is viewed inside the school, we really push the school to view it all in the same 48 hours so that we're raising the bar throughout the entire yeah. school of what is now acceptable. The speak like culture, our language, our actions, all of that has been raised up to say we, it must exist inside the speak like culture. Absolutely. And so once that happens, a uh, link is sent out to all the parents in the school and the parents and the students get access to the film for 30 days on their phone so that they can watch it and watch it and watch it again. And that the song and the lyric that's within that musical will resonate in their heart and really be imprinted. And right now there's a book that um, I'm about to, I was very, very privileged to be offered to write it. It's called Musical Imprint. And mm -hmm. it talks about the power of that. And you mentioned it at the very beginning of the podcast here, this power of empathy. Yeah. And we really truly believe that that is the key to why this program is different and why this program has made such a significant impact in kids' hearts. Because we truly believe that the power of story, the power of music, the power of the arts ignites the heart. And when we take things from head knowledge to heart knowledge and the heart becomes involved and empathy is ignited and that key is turned in a child's heart, it now moves from, hmm, I know I should speak this way, I know I should act this way, to, wow, when I choose, the wrong words when I choose the wrong actions that is how I make someone else feel and when I don't want to feel that I don't want to feel that I don't want to make anyone else ever feel that and so when we connect to the process of empathy and story and the power of story and we tell four different stories within this musical we tell the story of the person who's bullying we tell the story of the person who's dealing with stress and how that can move sometimes often into a bullying situation 
we talk about that kid who's been victimized and bullied time and time and time again and the suicidal thoughts and feelings that can easily come over a child that's dealing with that level of abuse. We talk about what it feels like to be a new girl in a school and to come into a place where you don't know how to fit in and we often morph and change ourselves to make ourselves feel kind of accepted and like we belong and yet it's okay to be exactly who we are and to find our community, to find our people. So we address all of those things. The topics of divorce are brought up, the topics mm -hmm. of um, eating disorders and um, cyberbullying and um, almost every single thing that sort of falls on the, on the perimeter of why we truly believe bullying exists. And what you said earlier about hurt people hurt people is actually the story of our prom queen. We tell her mm -hmm. background story. We tell about why she uses the words that she uses. And it's not about making excuses for people that say right. things that they shouldn't say, but it's about an acknowledgement of knowing that when somebody speaks something over us that's awful and gross and lands terribly, that yeah. we can stop and ask ourselves a question. Is that about me? Yeah. Was that about me? Or was that about their pain and yeah. what they might be walking through? Because if we can let that just hit and bounce straight back off and not land in our heart and know that that's not me, Instead, mm -hmm. I can actually think, man, I hope that person can find the help that they need because they're right. obviously experiencing a great deal of pain. That's a, that's a change. That's a mindset change. And when our kids start to make those mindset changes because they value themselves, they understand the power of speaking life, they understand how to speak life over themselves, and to um, know that innate value, those words don't impact the same right. way as they once did because they understand the power of the story behind the story. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've had a few situations and my kids are young still, yeah. you know, my daughter, I think they're considering sixth grade middle school now. Um, I know some states do in some states. So, yeah. but she's going into sixth grade yep. this year. And it's interesting. Cause you know, we've had a couple situations where, um, you know, my younger third graders have been, you know, picked on and bullied and and Adeline my oldest has like gone up there was a one situation she went up to a girl and said like just tried to ask her like hey what's going on like yeah. like wasn't even like trying to be upset you know at how she treated her younger sister just said like you must be hurting like what's going on and this child like went and told on her and then Adeline got in trouble and it, it was just so disappointing yeah. because it's like what a great opportunity you know that my daughter's trying to connect and say like, wow. Hey, what's going on? And then almost my daughter is getting in trouble for trying to show up. And it's just, you know, it goes into that space of the teachers too, like how wow. much it's just all encompassing. And it's so hard it to is. not go back. I'm sorry. Like, I'm so excited to give it to, you know, the kids. And I know that those tools are so, so important. Obviously us being parents, we know that that's why you're yeah. doing what you're doing. It's just, heartbreaking when you see these situations happen and these beautiful moments that could be great fall short. It's so true. And we have so many teachers that will talk back to us, come up to us with tears streaming down their uh. face following the film, because here's the thing, as adults, we've carried the pain the longest. That's yeah. just the truth. Like these moments that have happened, and that's where some of these statistics are so powerful because uh, one of the statistics that's recently come out in the UK tells us that when you bring an anti-bullying assembly program to your school, that there is a 20% decrease in bullying. 
Yeah. Like that's significant. That's, yeah, that's we need to amazing. look at that not just as 20, you know, we wish it was 80. That would be amazing. Right. But we look at the 20%. What we're saying is that there is multiple hundreds of lives that have been impacted who may never have to experience that pain, may never have to walk through the the, the steps of healing because it never happened again because yeah. that bullying was decreased. That's an amazing statistic. And then what we also know is that bullying is probably one of the top things that leads to mental health issues and not just not just in the moment, but long-term mental health issues are saying that um, in, in the arena of mental health, 33% of people who experience bullying go on to have long-term adult, like life-altering kind of mental health issues. So maybe they said, you know, oh, I want to go and be a scientist one day because of something that was said to them, something that was done to them. They'll never pursue that career. They'll never go and do what their purpose was. Yeah, I saw something that showed that like most kids stop doing artwork around third grade because they feel judged. Yep. And it's so sad because just like you had said previously, art is so much, it it gives us so much connection and love. Honestly, like we're able to feel things through the art. Yes. It's such a powerful tool. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I see that time and time again with artists, so many artists who say, I, I, you know, I wanted to be a singer, but I stopped. I wanted to be a performing artist. I stopped. I wanted to be a fine artist. I stopped. Why? Well, there was this one day and they can tell you, they can tell you the moment, the place, the exact words that were spoken in it. And that's what's so significant that we need to understand is that our words matter yes. because it only takes one time, one time in one place for someone to hold on to something and for it to significantly alter the outcome of their life. And this is why we need to see it as an issue that we're facing within our society, that if we understood the power of just our words alone and the impact that that makes on the people around us and we change. And then we help our kids change. And then we bring things to our schools to help our schools change. And we bring it to our churches and we bring it into our sports programs and we bring it in to these community places of influence. One person can make an impact through the power of speaking life and through teaching people the power of their words that can change the outcome of thousands Mm. of people's lives. That's you. You can do that. You can make that impact. We don't have to sit helpless after these headlines that we've just experienced and just walked through. As moms, we don't have to sit back and just say, oh, I hope this never happens again. I hope I, I hope no mom has to ever experience this. We can stand up, we can rise up and say, as far as it is for me on my watch, uh, this will not happen in my child's school. This will not happen. You know, anywhere that I can have influence or impact, I'm going to do anything and everything that I can to make sure that our kids are safe. And, um, and this is, these are the ways we do it. When we address it from the, from the place of mental health, when we come and support our kids, when we see bullying start Mm -hmm. to decrease, we will see kids supported and find their purpose and find their calling. And we will identify at risk kids like this, this child that slipped through the cracks and became a man who was desperately in pain to have been able to do the thing that he did. That was so horrific. We are going to identify those kids way earlier on and stop the, we always have said from day one of our company, our goal is to stop the violence before it starts. That's what we want to do. And we do that by addressing these areas of mental health from a very, very early age. Yes. So I know we've teased a lot of (laughs) what this is. So let's really go into that. Tell me all things about mom ambassadors 
and what we can do, how we get involved, how do we get this into the schools, principals, funding, give me it all, just throw it at me. Okay, so here we go. So here's the first thing a lot of people do ask, like, okay, well, what does this cost? Is this going to cost my school too much money? Will they not be interested? Let me relieve that fear by saying they actually have money. Schools have money for this. They not only have money for it, they have to spend it. They have to bring in programs like ours. That's the one thing. That's a great thing that uh, our, our government dollars are doing is making sure that programs like this are available to our students in the schools. So when you approach your school, don't do it with any kind of fear that the money's going to stand in the way. Now, the only time that money sometimes does come into the picture is maybe they've already spent it. Maybe they've already used it for this purpose or that purpose. Um, and we and we value that. And we're so thankful for that, that they're using their dollars in significant ways. So what can you do then? What you can do then is look at the moms in your circle and say, hey, what would it look like if maybe we host a viewing party in our backyard or over the summer in our living room and we invite our other mom friends to come out and we do it as a little fundraiser and we say, hey, let's give because we've kept our pricing model super affordable to schools. We do it based on number of students so that it's really easy for a school that's smaller to access the program and a school that's larger to access the program. Um, so it's a very, very affordable and there's many ways that the schools can find this funding and you can be a source for that if that funding has been depleted for whatever reason. So that kind of that kind of addresses, I think, our financial fears sometimes that we have of bringing things like this to our schools. The second step is, you know, how do I present this? How do I bring this to my principal? So what we've done is we have created um, our kind of just a landing page for our ambassadors. We're actually in the process of creating a little mom portal so that all this information will live for you in just really easy access clicks. We're hoping that by the end of this month, coming into the 1st of June, you guys are going to have all that available to you as well. But for now, we've got a great landing page, I'm sure, in the notes on this podcast. We'll make that link available yes. to you. You can click on it. You can sign up. Um, as soon as those school materials available, they're going to get emailed to you and a link so that you'll have every detailed piece you need. We've made it so easy and so simple. If you're super shy and you're like, I don't really want to take the meeting myself, no problem. We can come in there through Zoom. We can talk to your principal. We can talk to whoever in your school brings in programs like ours. So that's probably the first question you want to ask. Call your school and say, hey, who's in charge of bringing in um, anti-bullying and mental health assembly programs to our school? And they'll say, oh, that is, and they will send you right to that person. And you're just asking them for a simple meeting. And because you're the mom in that school, that's an easy yes for them. They're going to want to meet with you and they're going to want to talk to you, especially when you tell them, hey, listen, I found out about a great program. I believe it's a great solution in light of what's going on in our world. I think it's so important that we're bringing these kind of tools to our schools. And I'd love to just get, can I get 20 minutes of your time to sit down and talk with you? And then we have the materials for that meeting. We have exactly what you can give to them and present to them. And they can do a complete follow-up with us and talk with us after. Another way you can do this is we mentioned that viewing party a second ago. You can do that as a fundraiser, but you can just have a viewing party. We would love to bring and give you our film so that you can have an exclusive viewing party, whether it be in your living room or your backyard. You can even get a couple of moms together and run out of a local movie theater. It's actually not that expensive to do that. Um, And you could get a bunch of the kids, a bunch of the moms together, have a super fun afternoon, watch the film together on a Saturday. And right at the end of the film, we will give that call to action to those moms in that room. We will give them those tools that they need. And because probably within your, just your community of moms alone, you probably represent several different schools uh, because we have our public, our private, our charter. Um, so maybe some of your moms in your circle are homeschool moms and they want their, um, their co-ops to have access to a program like this. So there's so many ways 
um, that moms in your community can come together and still resource and access multiple schools in your community to come and have access to this resource. So this is an easy button. We have yeah. gotten everything made for you. Um, we are always here as well. You can absolutely reach out to us. We are here to answer any questions. And we've also created a Facebook community. So this is a place where moms, you can come. We're going to make sure you have that link too. Hop into that because we're building it out slowly. You're not going to see a huge number of moms there right now, but you are the next mom in that community. Come into that community, be a part, let your voice be heard, tell your story. We want to hear your story. And in that community, we're also going to give you resources for your home so that you have things, you have good questions, you have good ways to talk to your kids, to find I out if there's that. something going on. Yeah. And how then, when your child comes to you with something, do you help them through that process and through that conversation, um, giving them the tools that they need. So we believe there's power in community. And as moms, yeah, as we come together and we take up this mantle as one big unified unit across the country to say, all of our schools matter, all of our kids matter, all of our kids deserve access to hope. And that's what this program is gonna to provide to them. I love it. And I just wanna to say too, that if you are a dad out there, Yes. You can be a mom with us right now, right? Like just get That's in there, right? right? Like get yep. in there and do it. Not a mom, yep. not a dad. Like come be a part of this for yep. your community. Again, just yep. like you said, we need community. And I do think, you know, I think especially in business, we say, you know, if we're talking to everybody, we're not talking to anybody. Yep. So right. I get what the, you know, crunching it down to yep. mom ambassadors, yep. but just know that you're welcome to, we need oh, yeah. to hear your voices and we need to get this out into the community and we need to get this out to the schools. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to be on top of it. So I've yeah. actually already talked to one of my teachers. Oh, I love it. That I've dealt with. And that's what I was kind of, um, side note now, Yes, absolutely. switching a little bit. I was curious, are you like, ever maybe or have you thought about doing something with younger kids too we have actually um we although our target is our middle and high school so our secondary schools um we chose that partially because especially at the time when we started up there was really nothing available yeah. to secondary schools i mean everything that was being built was being built at the elementary school level which by the way we think is awesome because the earlier the better that we're having these conversations um, the more significant change in a child's right. life and hopefully a child doesn't experience a lot of these things once they reach the more the more difficult times where bullying is faced in the middle school um early high school experience and so um we we formed everything in that direction now of course because we've served private schools public um public and charter sometimes we'll go into a school that's a k through 12 and we'll do the the show in that environment so We've okay. had as young as like third and fourth graders in their uh, viewing the film. There's actually nothing in the film. So if you view it in your home or whatever, don't, if you have younger kids, don't worry. There's nothing in there okay. um, that's not appropriate for them. We just know that the topic matter and the way in which we address it is at you know, a certain level of understanding that right. what we don't want is it to go over a child's head and them to miss it because we've addressed it you know, at a little bit of a higher level of understanding. But kids are watching Disney. They're seeing shows that look very, very similar right. to the environment in which this film is set. Um, and they understand, unfortunately, the really unfortunate truth is that kids are understanding younger and younger and younger what well, this is and what this looks like. Yeah, no. And that's why I was just curious if you had or were working on things. I yes. mean, I have four daughters 
and three of them are all in third grade. They're going to be in fourth grade. And unfortunately it's, it's happening and we've had to deal with it multiple times this year, unfortunately. So I, you know, I'm very excited about it. You know, we are very open in my house about all things. Um, but I just, you know, I was just curious to see if, you know, I'm so excited about this. Of course I'm like, okay, what are you going to do next? You know know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, tell me. So many kids, so many, you know, people be like, Oh, is the principal going to like it? Are they going to want it? This is what we hear time and time again. This is amazing. What's next. So not only are principals immediately on board, they want this, they want to do this. Thank you for this. This is totally different. You know, Principals want to feel, so do teachers, they want to be a hero to their kids, just like we as moms want to be a hero to our kids. I mean, that is our ultimate goal in our life is that we can serve our kids on a level where we are providing them with everything they need to be successful. That's what a hero is. And, um, and so when principals see something like this right away, they're like, oh my God, my kids are going to love this. My kids are going to love this because Mm -hmm. they see the power of the art. Um, I'm sure we'll attach the link to this too, yes, but make sure that you go and you check out the website and you check out the trailer. It'll take you a minute and a half to see what this film looks like, what it feels like. And I think you'll be inspired in just moments to know that kids are going to fall in love. Kids are going to make all the right connections. Um, and you know, your principals will be asking what's next. And so we are really working hard to get this out, to get it, it distributed. That's why we feel like moms are truly the way, because that's mm-hmm. how we do this the quickest and the fastest to get it out to the nation. Because the sooner we do that, the sooner we can get to the hard work of what's next. And we truly believe that our elementary schools um, need to have the same topic addressed and in a very similar way to the way that we're doing it with the musical. But we also believe there are more topics that revolve around this issue of bullying that we need to address as well. And we'd love to see at least three other films formed so that when kids are going into, you know, a four-year run, whether it's middle school, high school, that the administration has four years worth of films to share with them um, throughout, you know, throughout that season. So there's so much more to come. And we know that once, think about it, once we form this movement of moms and we're like all together in one place, when that next thing is ready to go, we're going to have it to our schools in like a minute and and it's going to be moving. So I'm so excited for what's coming. And as moms, you know what, that helpless feeling, we don't need to feel it anymore. Like we are not helpless. We are powerful. And our voice for our kids is the most powerful voice in the world. And when I say mom ambassador, I truly mean anyone. Because if you're an aunt, if you are a niece, a nephew, I don't care. If you are a dad, if you are a grandparent, your voice matters in the world on behalf of your child. And you can absolutely bring these tools to your school and make a significant impact. You're a mom ambassador now. Doesn't matter who you are. (laughs) Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't Doesn't matter. matter. Uh, Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add? I know I'm going to put in the show notes everywhere and all the things where they can find you, but is there anything you want to do last, last thoughts? Well, I just want to say that I know, um, I know this is a hard time that we're dealing with as a country. And I know we have really come at this conversation in a super positive way. And I think that that's important. I think it's important that we feel the grief and we feel the anger because those are super important emotions and those emotions, those feelings need to drive us to the next step. And the next step is the step of taking action. And when we do take action, let's do that with positivity. Let's bring the positive um, spin on what can be, what could be the, what if 
of where our culture could go and what this can look like when we all get involved and we all yes. bring the, um, we all make this a priority for us, Absolutely. for our children and for our schools, because I do believe that better days are coming. I refuse to believe that we as a country are lost, that our schools are lost, that our families are lost. I know we're dealing with a lot of brokenness in the home, a lot of brokenness in our school, a lot of brokenness in our government. I know there's a lot of things that we all differ on in our opinions, but here's what we agree with. Our children deserve the best opportunities to be able to have the future that they long for, to be able to have their dreams come true, and they don't deserve the pain that's being experienced in our schools across our countries, across the country. And we as parents have the power to make a significant change and impact in our own community, and that will cause a ripple effect that will absolutely affect the culture of an entire nation. And I believe because we are the leaders in the world, an entire world will follow. And yes. so never devalue your voice, never devalue the one action or the one step that you can take. Because when we take those feelings and we turn them into actions, that's when we change the world and absolutely. we can do it together. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for truly showing us your gift of hope. I mean, really that just, exudes throughout this whole podcast you're giving me hope and i know you're going to giving so many others hope between you and your husband daniel and just thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for coming on thank you for giving us the privilege to hear what you're doing and that we could be a part of it too thank you abigail and just so that you know you're doing the exact same in oh. the world through what you're doing thank you. and to call your, your podcast, what you're calling it, the judgment free zone. I'd love it because it, if we could all take that on, if we could say that every conversation is important, that hearing each other is important, yeah. that's, that's a changed world. And so thank you for all that you're doing. And thank you for giving a platform to not just this movement, but I know so many that are coming, that are going to be featured in your podcast and you're changing the world. Thank, and thank you. you for what you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening in again. I will have everything in the show notes for you. Please go get those easy click buttons for everything that you can do. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye everyone. Thanks friends for listening in. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. If you'd like to be more involved in our community, hop over to Instagram and find me at Abigail Levisi. Keep showing up. I will too. See you next time.